Well, we want to welcome everybody that's joining us. Welcome our online fam, our people in the house and in Concord Teen Challenge as well. And happy Palm Sunday to everybody. Come on, can we just thank the Lord for this amazing, beautiful day that we get to come together and worship him. I want to honor our worship team. A couple of those songs were brand new, uh, written. They're songs of the house. And so can we just thank the worship team for being used by the Lord? And we're going to make those available to everybody. Uh, on Easter on Easter Sunday. If you've got your copy of God's Word, if you'll take it out and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Can you imagine what it might have been like to have been in the crowd that day? To have been in the crowd on what we now call Palm Sunday when Jesus gets up on this, this colt on this donkey and begins this procession from the Mount of Olives down through Bethpage and Bethany and into Jerusalem and, and all of the, all of the rumors of the past three years and those that have seen him, uh, raise Lazarus from the dead and feed the 5,000 and walk on water and relatives and all these stories that were beginning to, to circulate through the region and because this was this was Passover right this was Passover this was 4th of July Christmas and Easter combined this was a celebration of all celebration this was there this was Israel's day of of freedom but not just physical freedom from Egypt this was their day where they are are celebrating their spiritual freedom and yet I, I I can't help but wonder I can't help but wonder if just there was a little bit of irony in the air Bethpage and Bethany, neighboring villages. Bethany was only about 200. Bethany is where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. They're both up on the, the, the Mount of Olives. And so I, I wonder if somebody woke up, one of the villagers woke up that day, and here's this, this celebration of freedom, and all the relatives are coming in from out of town, and the merchants are busy, and people are buying their, their lambs and getting ready to celebrate the Passover. And yet they would have looked down from the Mount of Olives, and they would have seen on the city of Jerusalem, they would have seen a couple of things they would have seen the temple they would have seen the temple they would have seen a reminder of the symbol of the very presence of God and their community remember the temple was where the ark of the covenant was the temple should have been a symbol of life it should have been a symbol of worship it it should have been a symbol of their identity as the people of God they would have heard stories that would have been almost a thousand years old passed down every Passover every Passover they would have heard their father their grandfather tell the story about the dedication of that temple when Solomon dedicated the temple and the glory cloud would have fallen on that temple and and the presence of God was so thick it would have been it would have been the stories hey do you remember that revival service do you remember that camp do you remember that camp do you remember that youth convention do you remember the power of God that moved and so there would have been though this irony between all of these stories of this powerful move of God and yet they would have looked down upon a temple that would have been a symbol in their day of dry dead religion Remember, the temple had been hijacked by the Pharisees and by the Sadducees and by the teachers of the law, and they had taken the very symbol that should have been life-giving, the symbol that should have been full of joy, the, the symbol that should have been full of the presence and the people of God, and it was dead. It was ritual. There wasn't any power there. All they had was stories of the past. They didn't have anything in the present, and, and worse, worse than that, the temple was in the shadow of Herod's palace. 
What was Herod's palace? It was a reminder, a reminder that Rome was in charge. God wasn't in charge anymore. They were, they were free, but they weren't free. They were under the authority of Roman control and Roman rule. And, and, and so they would have been celebrating, but they would have come out on that Palm Sunday and they would have seen dry, dead religion and political corruption. But it was in the middle of that that this man and all these rumors that would have been circulated, hey, is this, is, could, the, could this be the Messiah? And you would have had people going back and, and leaning into the stories from the Torah and the prophets and, and all of the prophecies. Could this actually be the, the Messiah? And I read this narrative again. I want to read it to us from Matthew 21. But here's what I want us to do today. I want you to find yourself in the story. I found six characters in this story as there was the revealing of the one true king and different people responded in different ways. And I I wonder where you're at in the story. I wonder where I'm at in the story. Matthew chapter 21. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Olives. And Jesus sent two of them ahead. Go into the village over there. He said, as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that had said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus had commanded. And they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of them, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God, the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest. Luke adds this to the account. He says, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. When the king is revealed, what will your response be? I see the response of the Pharisees. And the response of the Pharisees was simply this. They followed. They chose to follow political alliance. The Pharisees are some of the saddest people in all of scripture to me because they were the ones who should have got it. They were the ones who should have been leading in spiritual life. They should have been John the Baptist anointing on them, preparing the way for the Lord. But the Pharisees chose political power over Jesus. Make no mistake about it, church. The spirit of the Pharisees is alive and well. And anytime we choose a Pharisaical spirit, we abdicate our position of royalty. We forfeit our spiritual authority in order to play politics with Caesar and sit on a throne of straw. But I'm here to remind us that our authority is not Rome or any human authority. We serve the one true king. 
Ours is not a kingdom of this world. Our king is not of this world. Church, don't stoop to the level of political authority. You have a greater authority. You have a higher authority. And Jesus is calling his church not to stoop down to the level of Caesar, but to rise above it because that's where our kingdom is. Hear me. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It does matter. We just operate in a higher level of authority. Come on, let's step into that place today. I see the response of the city. The city followed the controversy. Followed the controversy. Verse 10, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Do you know any uproar people? If there's an uproar, you know who's going to be near the uproar. Come on. If there's a controversy, they're going to be on social media posting about it. I'm just telling you, we got a lot of controversy people. We've got people in the church that are following controversy more than they're following Jesus. I just want to be where the hot political item is. And they're following in this crazy 2,000 years ago. And we're dealing with the same stuff today. I just want to follow controversy. Controversy may actually end up causing you to miss the very one who's riding into your city and riding into your life. And then you have the crowds. I mean, I know we don't have this today, but the crowds in Jesus' day, they followed a gospel of convenience. See, they were excited about Jesus as long as he did what they wanted him to do. Hey, Jesus, I'll follow, I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as you feed me. As, lo- as long as you keep, keep breaking those, multiply those filet of fish sandwiches, Jesus, come on. I know, I know this is not a popular poli- uh, position, but the filet of fish sandwich from McDonald's is the best fish sandwich out there. I know I make enemies when I say that, but I believe that. I didn't say it's the best seafood. Just said it's the best fish sandwich. I know, see, you see, now you've turned against me. But Jesus, Jesus, as long as you feed me, as long as you're healing people, Jesus, I'll, I'll follow you. Jesus, as long as you keep your teaching nice, as long as you don't offend me, Jesus, don't say, don't, Jesus, no, you don't need to say anything about take up your cross. We're, that's not necessary. You don't need to say anything about about feeding on your flesh and drinking your blood. That's a little too much for today's culture, Jesus. We don't we don't need we don't need teaching like that. As long as it's convenient, as long as it's popular, the same crowds that were shouting Hosanna one day were shouting crucify him the next. But there's a there's a divide in this story between the people who followed political alliance between the people who followed controversy, between the people who followed convenience in these next three. I want to I find myself in this camp, and I believe that you do as well. I love the response of the two disciples. The response of these two disciples, and, and the gospel writers don't tell us who they, they are. Some, some people speculate that it may have been Peter and, and John, but these two disciples and their response was simply, whatever Jesus asked me to do, Amen. And this is crazy, right? Jesus sent two of them on ahead, going to the village over there. He said, as soon as you enter it, you'll see a donkey tied there with the colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. 
There's a, hey, there's a, there's a new, uh, <laughs> there's a new BMW SUV, disciples, go hotwire that. And, and if anybody, if anybody asks what you're doing, just say Jesus needs it and, and you're good. <laughs> I, I watch, I've been watching this show on the Discovery Channel called Airplane Repo. Have y'all seen that? It's so cool because it's like stealing, but it's legal. I, I, I know, I know y'all are too saved to, to think about this, but I'm like, how cool would it be to break into an airport and steal an airplane? But it's legal. Like you can go to heaven and steal airplanes. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is great. So what, so what happens is you have these millionaires and they buy these jets and then they, they get behind on the payments and so the bank forecloses on them. But then you have these group of guys and they, they break into the air. I mean, this one, this one was crazy. He had no fuel. He had like 30 minutes of fuel and, and he didn't even have a navigation system in the airplane. And so all he knew was like, I got 30 minutes and I think that there's an airport close by and the sun was setting and, and they were chasing after him. So he jumps in the cockpit and he takes off and he's flying and he, and he finds the, the, the airport, but the runway lights aren't on. And so, but he doesn't have communication. He has no communication, no GPS in this airplane. So he's got to fly low enough to get cell phone signal. He's calling the airport. He's like, turn the lights on. They're like, why? He's like, just turn them on. He's running out of fuel. He lands the plane. Come on. Who wants to steal an airplane for Jesus? I think that might be. These are, I mean, it's biblical, right? You have, this, is a, this is a whole ministry. This is a whole ministry. The cult replacement ministry for the Lord. But I love the response. I love the response of these disciples. What Jesus, whatever, it didn't, like these disciples don't argue, right? The disciples, I love that the disciples didn't say this. I love the disciples didn't say, uh, Jesus, because it says the cult had never been ridden before. Never been ridden before. I love that the two disciples didn't say this. Uh, Jesus, I, I, I don't know if you know us, but we're, into, we're in the walking ministry. Yeah, we're, we're, we're more walkers. In fact, we founded the walking ministry. And so we're not so much into the cult ministry. But watch this. When Jesus begins to move in new ways, he will use new vehicles. And if you don't get on the vehicle that Jesus is using to move, you will miss a move of God in your life. And we will miss a move of God in this church if we don't get on the new vehicles that Jesus is using. Whatever Jesus is on, I want to be, be in on that. Jesus, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'm in. And then, and then as crazy as the response of the two disciples are, um, can you imagine being the owner of the BMW SUV and looking out your window and seeing two disciple, two pastors, <laughs> seeing your pastors drive off in your, I'm not preaching this because I'm coming to your house today, by the way, that didn't happen but can you imagine being the, the owner of this cult? And I love his response as well. Whatever Jesus needs from me, it's his. Verse 3, if anyone asks you what, are doing, what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them. And he will immediately 
the owner of this cult. I know I'm using a little bit of imagination here. I know I'm using a little bit of speculation, but, but remember Bethany and Bethpage, neighboring villages up on the Mount of Olives. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. We don't know exactly when, sometime in that past year. And so I just bet, I just bet that this man would have been like an eyewitness or at least in that crowd or at least heard the next day about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And I wonder, I wonder if he walked up to Jesus in that moment and said, said something like this, Jesus, I don't know everything about your ministry. I don't know everything about who you are, but there's something about you. Whatever you need from me, Jesus, it's yours. Whatever you need. Can I ask you this? Does Jesus have to argue with you to get what he wants out of you? Or have you already told Jesus? Yes, Jesus, whatever you need, whatever you need. Do you need my money? Do you need my car? Do you need my house? Do you need my availability? Do you need my ministry? Do you need my words? Whatever it is, if we live our lives with a preemptive yes, then Jesus won't have to waste his time arguing with us when he says, I need this. You say, we, you, we say, we, you got it, Jesus. I'm already there. I'm already there. Here's the, the final response. And this one, this one doesn't come from a, from a person, but it's just, it's just the cult. It's just the cult. And here's what the cult does in this story. You don't ever hear from the cult again. You don't know the name of the cult. The cult never had a blue check mark on his Instagram account. The cult never, never got a, a best-selling book or a, a worldwide ministry. But that cult just said, I'm going to carry Jesus. I'm just going to carry Jesus. I wonder, I wonder in our communities today, in our homes today, in our world today, I wonder if Jesus just needs more people who will be like that cult and say, Jesus, I'll carry you. I'll carry you wherever you, Jesus, I'll carry you into my conversations. I'll carry you into my social media. I'll carry you into my workplace. I'll carry you into my school. I'll carry you into my, into my sports team. I'll carry you. I'll t- How many of you just want to be, I just want to carry Jesus. Even if nobody knows my name, even if they don't celebrate me, me I, t- I guarantee nobody was pointing saying, Hey, look at that cult. Look how good that cult's doing, man. Look at, Oh, applaud that cult. Nobody was looking at that cult, but that cult carried Jesus. I wonder if we need more people who are willing to say I don't I don't care about the popularity I don't care about the name I don't care about the fame I just want to carry Jesus and I guarantee that the Lord will begin to use people in this day and in this age he'll use churches that just say we want to carry Jesus he'll use people in your neighborhoods that just say I want to carry Jesus wherever you want to go Jesus I just want to carry you I just want to carry you Can I ask you again today, where where are you in this story? Where are you in this story? As we look out today on this Palm Sunday and maybe again we see a world that we feel is caught in the middle of corrupt politics and dead religion 
what if Jesus is on his way again? What if, what if there's another move of God that's getting ready to come? What if there's another? Can I ask you, where are you in this story? What will you do with the one who claims to be the one true caught it in that video but the last the last frame where that where the colt the garment flows and the, the the stepping of the colt some of you grew up around animals and you thought what I thought you thought that one that wasn't a colt that was a horse that's what I that's what I thought I'm like Man, the video, like, first time I saw the video and I was watching it on Thursday, I was like, it drew me in, just the imagery and the language, and I was putting myself in the story, and I was putting myself in the place of a 10-year-old boy that woke up that morning in Bethpage, and, and he was watching Jesus. He would have seen Lazarus raised from the dead, and he was watching now Jesus get on this colt and, 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 and walking in there, and so I was drawn in emotionally, and then I saw that last frame. I'm like, good grief, that wasn't a colt, that was a horse. So I'm like, like I'm texting, I'm texting the guys. I'm like, we got to refilm that. And my neighbor's got donkeys. And I'm thinking, oh, I got to call my neighbor. I'm like, can we use your donkey? And, and how can we, you know, use this? Because that's not. But then I started thinking about it. I started thinking about it that, that actually, actually it is very biblical. Because the next time Jesus is coming, he's not going to be low and humble riding on a colt. He's going to be riding in power and victory. And he's going to triumph. And he's going to split the eastern sky. And he's going to be riding on that white horse. So what if, what if this moment that we feel like we're living in in 2021, where politics has absolutely failed us and dry, dead religion has absolutely failed us, what if Jesus won't fail you? What if Jesus won't fail you? What if this is preparation for the coming of the Lord? And I want to be found among those who are making a way for the return of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's where I want Jesus to find me. Find me among those, Jesus. Find me among those. Come on, can you just stand to your feet right now all over the place? Let's just begin to posture ourselves and get ready for the coming of the Lord. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift our hands.
with heads bowed and eyes closed in this place, if you would say, Pastor, Pastor, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the coming of the Lord. I feel, Pastor, today, I feel like I'm walking around, but I'm not awake. Like I'm going through the motions, but I'm not alive. I feel caught in the middle of just being kind of between this place of dead religion and a, and a world that's confusing and chasing controversy. And, and today, I just need to give my heart to Jesus. I want to give my life to the one true King. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, just as a point of reference, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to put up your hand all over the place. And today you can go from death to life. You can go from a place of desert in your life to a place where Jesus is going to breathe life into you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you on the count of three, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Come on, hands up online. Just wave at me. I got you. Let's pray this out loud, church. Let's pray this out loud. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I come to the cross and ask you to forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name, come on, let's celebrate. Let's sing this one more time, church. On that day that's coming.